Um, tonight, we are going to talk about living beyond our ability. So if you will go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and hold your place there, and we'll get there here in a minute. When you get there, say, praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Say it loud. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Um, I'm really excited uh, tonight to minister this message because it's very much, uh, it's very much mine, my heart for the church. Um, it's, it's really, really my heart for the next generation. Um, it is living empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I think it's so important that we as believers recognize the weight, not in a negative sense and not as in burdensome. But the weight of living empowered by the, by the Holy Spirit every single day. Um, it's so vital. It, I think it's going to be one of the essential marks of the end time church. Yeah. Is that we really stand out in culture. Not because culture is becoming so depraved. Because listen, culture is always going to become depraved apart from Christ. Y'all can amen, and that's okay. But also because the church is growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We never get to the spot where we know it all. So we live, as believers, we live in a constant pursuit of who He is. We live in a constant pursuit of the face of Jesus. Understanding what He's like, what He says, how He lives. And then we're molded and shaped into that image. And... God's, it is God's will, and I would, I'm going to ask, how many of you agree that it is God's will that we, our lives are to be lived supernaturally? Not, we're not just bound to this natural level, but we have the ability to, to rise above not just everyday life, but negative circumstances and situations that come in the forms of attack, that... that, that e- even our own mistakes, we have the ability to rise above through the power of the Holy Spirit supernaturally on the inside of us. So if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I hope you're ready to read. We're in verse 8. If you're not there, just look off your neighbor. Uh, most of what I'm saying tonight is out of the New Living. Uh, if it's not, I'll let you know. So if you're on a device, it's the NLT or as over in youth group, we call it the Nult. So <laughs> uh, we like to have fun over there. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves And learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks. Because God has graciously answered the prayers for our safety. Life will at some point 
bring us to the end of ourselves. I, I would love it if, if it was rainbows, butterflies, sunshine, and we never had a rainy day. But at some point, your ability stops and what you do at that point and the decision that we make at that point is essential to our life as believers. We can either continue in our own ability. When I, and our, I'll say this a lot. When I say our own ability, it's our own ability outside of reliance upon Jesus. There is a point, I believe this, there's a point in the believer's life, uh, age is not a matter of factor, um, pursuit is in this. There, there's a point in which the lines get blurred between you and the Holy Spirit to where your, what some would say your natural response is now your super, it is actually a supernatural response because you've become so submitted and you've become so less of you and more of him that the natural words that come out of your mouth is the word, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we either continue in our own ability, our own strength, our own talents, our own gifts, our own ways, our own ways of thinking, our own ways of talking, our own strength, our own willpower, and bear the fruit of that or we lay our lives down, we lay ourselves down, and we say, I need you, Lord. So let's begin. Let's go to John 14. A lot of what I'm going to say tonight you've heard before. Good. It's so nice you can hear twice. I think it's essential that we do not become that we don't tone out what we've heard a thousand times because probably what we've heard a thousand times is what's going to sustain us in the one time we really need it um, you, people don't go to the gym because it feels good every day they go to the gym so they don't have to, so for the best part of their own ability they can stay out of the hospital for one day this is just realities John 14, I'll be in verse 15. Jesus said this to his disciples, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. Because he lives with you now and will later be in you. So he lives with you now. He's speaking to his disciples. He lives with you now. He was in Jesus, with, living with the disciples. And then Jesus promised that later the Holy Spirit will be in you. And that's not just a promise to the 12 apostles and, and to the disciples. That is a promise to every born-again believer on planet Earth. So don't let's not relegate the Holy Spirit to a certain group of people because the, te- the veil wasn't torn for 12. The veil, veil was torn for the entirety of mankind. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say the veil was torn, when Jesus died, when he cried out, uh, it is finished. In the, in the, whole, the, the veil that separated 
the holies of holies from the most holy place in the temple tore from top to bottom and and my my view on this because and here, here's why I say it this way and I'll explain it you, you're free to disagree with me this isn't this is just my opinion the veil torn the holy spirit was sent to the, to heaven here's why I say that because G, when Jesus ascended then he sent the holy spirit back to earth my opinion. Is that all right? Y'all roll with that? Something to think about. Anyway, so he said, later and later be in you. That'd be the day of Pentecost. Go to Luke 24, verse 49. We're just laying a little bit of groundwork here. Basic, essential. When you get there, give me a good old praise God. Praise God. Come on. I could make you say yeehaw and howdy like I do in youth. <laughs> Luke 24, verse 49. And now, this is Jesus again speaking to his disciples. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power. Key in on that word. Fills you with power from heaven. Okay, so we see that Jesus, once he ascended into heaven, after he walked to the earth after his resurrection, who did he send? He sent the... Hold, y'all come on. Y'all can talk back loudly to me. Say, he sent the... Holy Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit filled the believers, he endued the believers with what? Power. Okay, so the power... In the Greek, we've heard this. If you've been here for any amount of time, you've heard this before. But it's worth repeating. And if this is the first time you're hearing this, praise God. Okay, so we see that Jesus is the one who sent the Holy Spirit, who, number one, he fills us and he empowers us. He does not fill us with ordinary strength. He does not fill us with ordinary power. But he fills us with power from on high. The Greek word for power, if you're taking notes and you want to look this up in the Strong's once you get home or <laughs> online, the New Testament Strong's reference number is 1411. The Greek word for power, we've heard Mark talk about this a lot. I love his teaching on dunamis power. The word is dunamis in the Greek. Strong's just defines it. It's a force, literally or figuratively, specially miraculous power, usually by implication, a miracle itself. King James defines it as ability, abundance, meaning, mightily, mighty, mighty deed, worker of miracles, power, strength, violent or violence, mighty, wonderful work. That's the Strong's. I feel like there was more on this, so I jumped over to Thayer's Greek lexicon. Dunamis, and here's how Thayer defines it, as strength, ability, and power. And then he breaks it into eight sub-definitions, A through G, A being universal, universally inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. B, Definition B in Thayer's, specifically the power of performing miracles as referenced to Acts chapter 6 verse 8. 
and definition C is where we're going to focus on. That's going to kind of where we're going to pinpoint at tonight. Moral power and excellence of soul. I love that. Definition D, the power and influence which belongs to riches. Power and resources arising from numbers. Power consisting or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. Meaning of a word or expression. So definition C in Thayer's moral power and excellence of soul. And oftentimes we can we see the dunamis power of God as miracle working power of God, which it thoroughly is. Miracle working power of God. That power from on high that Jesus promised whenever he promised the Holy Spirit would fill us and the power that's in us when the Holy Spirit has filled us is miracle working power from on high. But it is also a force that empowers us to actually live out the right standing that we have received from Jesus. The dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that is already, key word, that is already on the inside of us is the ability to walk out your righteousness. It's the power that gives us the ability to say no to sin and to take the way out of temptation. I, I can't give you the exact reference, but the Bible says that he will make, there, there is a way out of temptation, that he has made a way out of temptation. And we've all been there. We've seen the way out. And we continue on anyways. Can anyone agree? Can anyone re- re- relate with that? Or am I the only one? Just look straight forward. Don't say a word. But the power, not only to take the step, but to see the way, resides on the inside of you. It's power for everyday life. It is the power, the dunamis, that enables us to live beyond our own ability. Willpower, our human willpower, listen, Our human willpower, if you're struggling with anything tonight, sin, depression, anxiety, shame, if you're you're under something that you're supposed to be on top of, you know, we're called to be the head and not the tail, but if you're finding yourself as the tail and not the head, if it's the power, willpower will only get you so far in the process of actually seeing yourself as the head and not the tail. And we can do a lot on human willpower. We, we see it all the time. You see people who run 100 miles in a marathon. No. If you see me running 100 miles, you better pack up and run too. Because we're running from something. Okay? Okay, this boy, I'll run to barbecue, but I, I ain't running for fun. I mean, whew. Man, I mean, Ridgewood Brothers is delicious, and I will race you to it and beat you. Um, but if it's just a race, have, later. <laughs> I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you in the weight room. We'll hang out then. Um, but willpower will only get us so far. The Holy Spirit and the power that he gives us will take us further than, our, than we can actually see now. Because the Holy... It, 
He has made a way. The Holy Spirit has made a path before us, and He has made ways around corners and bends that we can't see. That, I say this to the youth all the time. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you in leaps and bounds. He leads you foot, step after step after step. So you're wanting to figure out what's going to happen five years from now. You need to, you need to just, Jesus, tomorrow's worries are tomorrow. Focus on today. I don't know who that's for, but just work, focus on today. To fully walk. Let, let's, let's talk about fully walking in that power now. To fully walk in the power, in the dunamis, we have to die to ourselves. There is a laying down of ourself, our strength, our ability. And there, is, there's a, there has to come to a point where we're going to say, I will find my life in Jesus. Matthew 16, verse 24. When you get there, say yeehaw. <laughs> or praise God, whichever suits you. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's not literally meaning to die. That's, that's the death of your personal identity and giving it up to Jesus so he can then identify you. For whoever would save his, verse 25, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Whoever loses their life for the sake of Jesus will find life. And there is a you hidden in Christ that is only found through, through seeking, searching, knocking. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you will let yourself go and who you think you should be on your own, on your own, in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own willpower, if you will let that go and that, that desire to grab everything with an iron fist and try to force your way out of it or try to force your way into a new, new space in life. Listen, in the kingdom, you don't force your way into new spaces in life. He leads you into those spaces. And that should be a beautiful relief because we're not striving within our own effort to make life happen for ourselves. The fruitfulness of our lives are natural byproducts of walking with Jesus and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Fruit is never the aim, it's a consequence. It's a consequence of knowing Him. And we can strive for fruit or we can rest in the abiding with Jesus. 
we have to remember that apart from him, we can do nothing. Everything, listen, everything in Scripture, everything the Scripture calls us to, calls us to do, calls us to say, how it causes us to live, how it calls us to think, requires us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. If we're attempting to live this out within willpower, if you're trying to make this happen and, and, and grip this and white-knuckle this and, and make this happen for you, you will do a few things. Burnout is thoroughly one of them. And you want to know why people burn out in the church and why I'm just tired of doing it. Yeah, because you're the one trying to do it instead of letting, letting him empower you to do it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen people walk away. I've seen people leave. We all, a lot of us have. And, and I'm, I don't want to sum them all up and, and lump them all together. But I could say for the most part, there wasn't an empowering that was happening to drive them and to move them. And, and that force on the inside of them wasn't carrying them into the fruit that this promises. You might, well, we'll get there here in a minute. We have to remember that apart from him, we can do nothing. And we also need to know this. Being empowered by the Holy Spirit is, not a, is a lifestyle. Is a lifestyle. Not a moment, and it's not a feeling. And this is important. This is very, very important. Because in this day... John and I were talking about in the, this in the office today. Um, our culture places a lot of stock in feelings. Yeah. A lot of stock in feelings. You can scroll on that device and hear opinion based on feeling, opinion based on feeling, opinion based on feeling after feeling. And I am not anti-feeling. I, I, cry, I bawl my eyes out behind that drum set on Sunday mornings. I'm a mess because I'm, feel, I'm feeling the tangible anointing in the room as we begin to worship and exalt Jesus in this space as a congregation. Y'all, there's some Sunday mornings I, I, I'll just look up and then I'm like, well, this is, let's go. Let's go higher. <laughs> and... It, yeah, I just get really loud. I play really, really loud <laughs> when that happens. If you don't like it, well. Susan said you like it, so you like it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lifestyle. Living empowered by the Holy Spirit is not just for Sunday morning so we can amen and say that's good, brother, and amen. No, it's for Monday morning. Whenever you have that coworker that you want, you just really want to tell them how you feel. Give them the left hand of Christian fellowship. <laughs> oh, man, that, that, when that flesh rises up on the inside of you because, you know, you work customer service and you got that one customer that comes in and you're just like, Whoa, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to do it today. You can, oh, come on, y'all. <laughs> come on, y'all. Or you're the, you're the customer and you're trying to be polite and kind and they're like, what you want? <laughs> yeah. This generation just doesn't know customer service. Well, 
Apparently their parents didn't either because they didn't teach them. So, <laughs> facts. It's for Monday whenever we're annoyed. Well, I'm just annoyed, so be empowered to not. By the Holy Spirit. I know that's tough. But we have a calling, church, to, to rise above culture. I love honking at people who make dumb driving decisions. Love it. <laughs> Past time of mine, I've probably honked at you and you just didn't know it. Love you. <laughs> In oh, stop it. Don't stop, stop honking at them. I'm like, they need to learn how to drive. You don't use. <laughs> oh, y'all just going to have to love me. Uh, this is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, if you do it, just... I love you anyways. <laughs> this is something that I, I firm believe in. If you've rode with me for any amount of time, I've told you. Uh, when people use the turning lane to exit the roadway as an empty lane to enter the roadway. This hand is on the wheel. I'm left-handed, but this hand. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> and I, the Holy Spirit's like, stop it. Love them. Quit. Don't yell at people that can't hear you, Dylan. <laughs> that's the, see, but it's funny, I'm, and we're making that's we're making a lot of that. But that's when the Holy Spirit needs to empower me. That's when the Holy. Whenever we're in that situation, in that moment where we have that one liner that's just gonna give it to them, man. Pull it back. Love them. So it's a lifestyle. It's an everyday thing. It's not a moment. It's not a feeling. You don't have to feel like being patient to be patient. If you're waiting on the feeling of patience to miraculously rise up on the inside of you, it will not. You're going to have to choose it and say, Holy Spirit, you've already empowered me to do it. Kindness is not a feeling that rises up on the inside of us. It's, a, it's something that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we understand the word and we, we see where the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Well, a lot of times those things really are needed in the moments where we're not feeling it. And if we're basing our decisions and we're basing whether we're empowered. Listen, if you're basing whether we're empowered or not because we feel like it or don't feel like it, we have made ourselves more of a God of our life than, than God himself. Because you trust more in your emotions rather than you trust in the one who, who created them in the first place. Emotions aren't bad. Emotions are great. I have emotions towards my wife. Praise God. But those emotions are always under the lordship of the Holy Spirit, under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So before he has called us to the work that he has called us to, he's called us to the walk. An empowered life is a life that abides. Go to John 15. Y'all tracking with me this evening? Time is flying by. It really does up here. You look up and like, wow. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Praise God. 
An empowered life is a life that it abides. If for my youth group, I, we spend a lot of time in John 15. Uh, it's really, it's really a chapter that is is that is foundational in my life. Um, we I think we spent a whole year there one time. Jaden, did we spend a year in John 15 over in youth one time? Just about. We spent a good 12, eight months just right here, abiding, abiding, in, G, abiding in the vine. Um, jump down to verse 5. Um, or let's start in verse 4. I mean, I'm in the New Living again. Actually, I'm in the English Standard Version this time. John 15. Verse 4, English Standard Version, if you're on a device. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Don't let that verse trip you up. That is not for if you make a mistake and fall. That is for if you refuse to accept Jesus. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This very much, I'd say this very much echoes Mark 11. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so proves, and so proves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. We see the ability to supernaturally bear fruit comes from joining ourselves with Jesus. I love how, it, how John 15.5 reads in the Passion Translation. It says, I am the sprouting vine, you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source. So that ties back to what we read in 2 Corinthians. I would say as you live in union with when you rely on me, whereas Paul said we, we quit relying on ourselves and we relied on God. This ties right back. If you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness this is beautiful because this shows the. Let me ask you this: Does a does a river strive to flow? It just flows. So, I love, I love how uh, the the writer of passage translation is Doctor Simmons. I love how what Doctor Simmons says is is as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. So fruitfulness is not a matter of effort. It's a matter of placement. 
Because you can, in your own ability, strive to be patient, strive to be kind, strive to be prosperous, strive to be healthy, strive to think, you can strive to have the mind of Christ in your own ability, and you'll fall flat on your face every time. Because those things are not accessible in man's ability. Those are only accessible when a man is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are joined to Christ in a life-giving union. Outside of knowing Him, it's a vain pursuit. Outside of knowing Christ. I'm going to say this. Outside of knowing Him, it's a vain pursuit to live out the Word. Because there's a lot of great ideas but just because I give to the poor doesn't make me saved. Just because I, I just because I, the devil knows the scripture, he's going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. We got time to turn there. If you're there, say praise God. Not everyone, this is Jesus bringing this point out. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. How many of you would say it's good to prophesy? Yeah, y'all can, you can say it's good to prophesy. We cast out demons in your name. How many of you would say it's good to cast out demons? Yes. We performed many miracles in your name. How many of you would say it's great to see miracles? And verse 23 is sobering. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. He may have called us to prophesy, but you need to, your prophecy needs to be Holy Spirit driven. He may have called you to cast out demons, but that ministry of deliverance needs to be driven by the Holy Spirit. You may lay hands on the sick and they recover. You may see legs and limbs grow back, but that needs to be driven by the Holy Spirit. And that needs to be birthed out of the John 15 Life union with Jesus. It's going out into the world attempting to use the authority of Christ without his stamp of approval on you. And that stamp of approval does not come through doing good works. It comes through seating yourself and knowing him. And this is where this this verse really draws it out clearly, it's, it's not that they were doing bad things, it's they were doing the work of the ministry outside of union. Bringing glory to them, not necessarily him.
a Holy Spirit-empowered life is rooted in intimacy with Jesus. It's a sign that we still hold on. Let Let me back up here. If we, if you think that you have to conjure up a desire to do the word, that is a sign that there's a, 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 a there's something missing. Because you, yes, you may not feel like it, but you're going to do it anyways. When we yoke ourselves with Jesus through intimacy, when we yoke ourselves to Jesus through abiding in Him, John 15, abiding in Him, I love how the Passion Translation said, it's fruitfulness will stream from you. So patience will stream from you. Kindness will stream from you. Abundance will stream from you. Wholeness will stream from you. Joy will stream from us. Not because we're trying to stir up joy and make joy happen in our life. It's a consequence. It's a byproduct of our life-giving union with the one who has fire in his eyes and his hair like wool. The one who gave himself up for us, who took our place. Yes, there, there's, Paul said I, in verse in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. So yes, there, you have to train your body to do things. But praise God, He hasn't called us to natural living. He has called us to a supernatural life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I'm going to read that. I think we've all heard it, but it's so good. Paul is talking about avoiding sexual sin, but this verse 19 is true in anywhere you put it. So I'm justified in taking this single verse out. Uh, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So our bodies, this flesh and bone, is is the resting place, is the housing of the Holy Spirit here on earth. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Because when Jesus was here, you know where the Holy Spirit was? On him. One man. And it was powerful ministry. But he didn't just mean it for one man. He meant it for the whole world. So that means all of Russellville, all all of the River Valley should be inundated with Holy Spirit-empowered people. There should be a difference in your life. There should be a marked difference when you step into a room and people hear how you talk, see how you act, see your generosity, see your joy, see your kindness. There should be a marked difference in how we act around and in the world. If the only time that we, we want fruit to be bore is on Sunday morning, that's lukewarm. 
And he did not call us to lukewarm. He said, be hot or cold. I spit lukewarm out of my mouth. But he's called us to, to, to bear his light and to bear his fruit in every situation. With, with our bosses, with our employees, with our kids, at the restaurant, with the waiter. Man, it, it's essential that we live Holy Spirit-empowered lives. Because more than your words, your life is a witness. Because like it or not, people see you. And the devil wants to try to make you believe that you're on an island and that no one notices you and that no one sees you. But if you've got little kids in your home, they see everything you do. Ayla Jane is one, but she does things like me. And I'm like, I got to pray. <laughs> but you know, what, you know one thing that she does that I love this? She knows praise Jesus. And Lori will be like, Ayla, we're going to praise Jesus. Whoo, buddy. She heard, she's seen her mama and daddy do it. I didn't have to teach her that. She just saw it. Your, listen. Man, we, we put so much stock into our physical appearance. And I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't have nice clothes and go exercise and eat right. That's not what I'm saying. But if you think that's going to be what really makes you attractive, you're missing out on the light that can come out from you. People can see the light of the Holy Spirit in your eyes. They really can. They, they can, they can see someone who's walking in that joy. They can see how they talk. They can see how they perceive things. They, they, can, they hear it in, in, in your voice. They hear it because when you talk, it reveals the way you think. That They see that marked difference in you. When something negative happens at work, your response is different from everybody else. Everybody else wants to go hang the boss, but you're like, hey, let, let's, let's think about this from his perspective. Why? We, everybody wants to stick it to that person that's not doing the right thing, but you're like, let's show mercy here. Let's be different. That sends a signal. That sends a message. Your consistency and your stability, emotional Stability, especially today, is a witness that you have a power on the inside of you. Yes, greater than you. Because I, the, the world lives on an emotional roller coaster. Here one day, down here the next. And that's not how God designed it. He called us to, to consistency. I'm not saying that you won't have moments of more happiness. I'm not, I mean, trust me. Yeah, I love being here. I was really happy on the day we got married. <laughs> I, I love being here, but I, I was really, really, really happy when Ayla Jane was born. Yeah. So, it, yes, it fluctuates, but there's still a consistency. There's a steadiness. Something that people can latch on to. Why do all these like inconsistent people always, why do I find myself always around these inconsistent people? Have you ever asked yourself that question? It's because you have Holy Spirit stability. Your life is marked by something different and they see what, they, they see what you have and they want it and they might not tell you, but they see it. 
And that is a witness to them. And you may not witness to them for a year, a week, five months, but the opportunity will come up for you to share the truth that's on the inside of you. Y'all receiving this tonight? The day we live in, the day we live in, really needs us to understand that we are Christ ambassadors on this earth. Second hmm. Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. What? Yeah. We hear it all the time. If God needs to move on this earth, he needs a man to partner with him. Pastor covered it beautifully Sunday morning. We are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal to mankind. God, God so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that comes through us, the church, the body of Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We speak for Christ. You're the church, the body of Christ is the mouthpiece of Jesus. That either excites you or like, whoa, man, mm, I got to bridle the tongue. And you want to know something? That bridling the tongue in James chapter 1, you know, you know how that's accomplished? That's doable. Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You, spill, you feel that just that, mm, you got that one-liner. I'm going to stick it to them today. Yep. No, I'm not. Mm. Praise God. Mm. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be made right with God through Christ. The dunamis power is not just for miracles, it's for everyday life. It enables us to press through hardship, to never give up, and to keep going. It's the power that gives you the strength to tame the tongue. It's the power that gives you the strength and, and the words to speak in a time, or it's the power that gives you, oh wow, I butchered that one, Dylan, way to go. <laughs> it's the power to speak the word in a time when we want to speak opposite to the word. It's what gives us to the strength to do the word and to bear the fruit of the Spirit. When everything in us wants to give into our flesh desires instead of the spirit desires, the Holy Spirit enables us to rise above what we feel like doing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, back in the New Living. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, 
you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Verse 24, those that belong to Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and have crucified them there. That's the dying to yourself. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'm going to repeat that, verse 25 of Galatians chapter 5. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Quit relying on ourselves and let's rely upon the Holy Spirit. It's easy to make excuses for not doing what he's called us to do when we won't lay down our strength and pick up his. Mm. It's easy to make excuses for whenever. If you're trying to do the word on your own and it's not working, and you're trying to bear fruit apart from him and it's not working, yeah, you have a great excuse. I can't do it. You know why? Because you can't. But he can. It's Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He can do it in you. First, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. This is the th- Paul's thorn in the flesh. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, that I'm, so now I am glad to boast about my weakness. So that the power of Christ can work through me. How many of you want the power of Christ to work through you? Then let's not be ashamed of where we're weak. That's why I take, verse 10, that's why I take pleasures in my weakness. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, he is strong. Man, do not be afraid of weakness that's an listen. Weakness is the very opportunity he's looking for. The Holy Spirit wants to move through you in the areas that you are weak in. I don't know if I've told this, but I'm I'm a diagnosed dyslexic. Words can look like spaghetti. So what did God ask me to do? Read them in front of a congregation. How funny! <laughs> Y'all can laugh at that. It's okay. <laughs> so f- just me being up here and and. I mumbled. I can't tell you how many times growing up, my mama would look at me and be like, Dylan, enunciate your words. And if you knew my mom, that woman could talk just clear as day. I mean, it, she would be like, Dylan, enunciate your words. And I go, yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> I mean, cl- and now I, I have to stand up here and talk slow. 
If you knew me growing up, I'm a mile a minute. I'm like, if I'm not talking, I'm running, and we're going. Like, woo, let's go. Man, I, I'd, I'd have made a great auctioneer, but he, he, needed me to, he needed me to speak slow and clearly so people could understand. Dude, you're funny, God, man, thanks. And he's like, yeah, because then you can't boast in it. This, any ability to, to, that I have to speak is the power of the Holy Spirit coming through me. Y'all need to know this. Don't be like, oh, wow, Dylan's such a great speaker. No, it's just the Holy Spirit. I've said, you know what? If I'm gonna, I remember the first time I got up to talk in front of somebody. I was in seventh grade. Ru- Russellville Middle School, Middle School CSU. I was shaking. They put me in charge of the thing. I don't know what they're... Some of y'all knew me in seventh grade. I don't know what they were thinking either. Um, but I guess I was the only one that volunteered. And I... I probably sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher with them paying attention. is probably bad. But you know what? Year after year, day after day, Lord, you've given me the tongue of the learned. Mm. Man. And I'm just thankful that I get to do this and give him glory because... My, your ability to just understand what I'm saying and not sound like a Cajun from South Louisiana is his strength because I can talk that fast. It's in my blood. Man, it's just the Holy Spirit, guys. The ability to read and see this and my D's to be D's and my B's to actually be B's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I've, I've, I've looked at words, I've looked at numbers, and 417 all of a sudden became 471. That's the difference. <laughs> but it's all clear up here. It's the Holy Spirit, man. He, he moves through that. He moves through us that way every day. He wants to empower you where you're weak. That area that you're afraid of, that area you feel the Holy Spirit's nudge to step into, that area where you're not sure. Listen, when you let him empower you, he takes you beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. He's got a place for us in his strength. Never let shame be the deciding factor in your life. Contend to step into a life marked by the Holy Spirit moving through you. Mm. Let's contend in these last days to increase our light to the world. Mm. It is important in these days. It's important to be full and the fruit of the Spirit. Listen, as believers, it's very, y'all, y'all track with me here. I know it's, we're almost done. It's so important that in these days, because the church is more noticed than it was. It's way more scrutinized. We were talking about this today. It's way more scrutinized than ever before. The world is waiting on the next 
pastor scandal. There's one going on right now. Well-known charismatic leader. And it breaks my heart. And what breaks my heart even more is that there are people rejoicing in his downfall. There's Christians rejoicing in this man's downfall. And these are all accusations, but they're rejoicing in the fact that he's accused. Are you kidding me? So as believers, let's show people grace, but also let's contend to live above reproach. And this is not legalism. So do not sit here and be like, Pastor Dylan's preaching legalism. No, I'm not. Legalism says you better get it right or God's going to get you. What I'm saying is he can produce that fruit in you apart from your striving. And if you have a day where you miss it, his mercies are new every morning. Live with a heart that says, I want to know you, God. Live with a heart that, 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 that shows mercy. Live with a heart that, that listen, you, you are your, we are our own worst critics. No one is harder on, uh, on yourself than you. No one's harder on me than me. So we as believers, I think this needs to be a prayer in our life, is to live a life that is noticeably different. From the world, and I'm listen. This is not in dress. It can be. I'm, I'm not. We're not talking about a holiness movement here in, in that sense of the word, and uh, what we would all recognize that as. That's not what I'm talking about. But when everyone argues on Facebook, you don't. When everyone's honking in the McDonald's, in the listen, if you honk in the honk in the Chick Fil A line, that's the Lord's chicken. Better be patient. I can, but, when, but McDonald's, on the other hand, when we're honking in the McDonald's aisle, and whenever you're at the restaurant and it's taking taking a while, we're like, "Come on, pay, where's my food? Where's my? No, we're good. You're the table that's just cutting up, having a great time because you know what? It's gonna make it out anyways. It's gonna come anyways. I remember standing at Popeyes and it took him an hour to get our food." Uh, and there's a guy standing at the counter, just do, 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 just yapping. And he looks at me and he goes, you think you can't be, can you believe it took this long for two things of green beans? And I look at him in the face and I go, and you know what? I can't believe that you're still here. <laughs> if it's the same, if the, it's, you can go to, you could have gone to Walmart, bought a can, put them on the stove, heated them up and had green beans. But you just wanted to sit here and complain. We, in that situation, we as believers need to be, hey, because the people behind the counter, you, you think you're upset? The people behind the counter are way more upset than you. They're freaking out. And it's like, we're the ones that show mercy. We're the ones that show grace. When everybody else wants to tear the boss down, you're the one that says, you know what? I'm going to live a life that, that carries favor with it, so I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to be that person. Come on, we got to live a life that rises above it. And listen, not in our own striving, but what? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. That's why we abide. That's why we abide in Him. And our source, our strength through Him. It's, not, it's Him, not us. He is our strength, not ourselves. Did you all receive that? It's...
fundamental, but it's essential. We don't quit drinking water because it's everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you that you have called RCC to the River Valley. I thank you that we have roots that go deep into the soil. Lord, I thank you that as we, as a house, grow and mature, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit stream out from us through our union with Christ. I thank you that, that, that our words and our actions are, are, are rising to the top and, and they're light to our community, Lord. I thank you that we stand out in our generosity, that we stand out in our joy and in our kindness and in our love and our patience, Lord. I thank you that, that, that we're making a mark on where in the area that you've placed this house, Father. I thank you that you empower every believer in this room to go and do what you've called us to do. It's not in our own striving. It's not in our own effort. But it's through the power, that dunamis power that lives on the inside of us. And we thank you that you have given us everything we need to do every good work. I thank you that we see what we need to do. I thank you that your conviction comes and shows us where we need to grow. Where, where we need to lay it down and where we need to pick you up, Father. I thank you that joy is a mark. Is just a is hoof. I thank you that joy marks every person in this house. That we're marked with joy. Thank you that love, love for people, marks the people of this house. That we're called to be a light in a dark world. And yes, the dark gets dark, but we are turning the light up and we're going to make it brighter. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.